The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Wasn't looking at the stream. I don't host this show. What do we wasn't, do? Wasn't what looking do we do? at the stream. Didn't hear the music. It was a whole thing. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. I don't. I can't tell you the amount of games dailies and Kind of Funny podcast, Tim, that I'm in the exact same boat where Kevin's like, all right, we're gonna get, are everybody ready? All right, we're going to go. Three, two, one. He clicks it, and then I hear nothing, and I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't start the stream. And then it's yeah. like, wait, is this a short version of the intro or a long version? Like, What's going gotta on? Got to land that plane. Got to land that plane. We got the new face of video games. Blessing. Adeoye Jr. Tim, have you thought any more about the Mario Challenge that I issued last week? I thought a lot about it, Bless. I thought a lot about it. Yeah. There's a Reddit thread that's popping off right now over oh, reddit.com slash r slash kind of funny, uh, where people are leaving suggestions for us. But we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about Donkey Kong 64 and Mario 64 later in this show. Yeah, Bless. we are. We teased it on Games Daily on Monday, but now we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of it. But before we do that, I want to introduce the former informer, Imran Khan. I'd like to announce that at some point in the near future, before the Halloween election day, mm-hmm. that I am going to throw my support behind one of the kings of Halloween. I'm not saying who it is yet, but before <laughs> election day, I will announce it who I'm supporting. Now, wow. here's the thing, Imran, is I what like I'd this. like to know is that I've already been declared the king of Halloween. I'm not saying I want your support. I'm by... not here stumping for your support. Spirit Halloween blessing. That's by who? You're a charlatan. You got two suits past them before they knew you were a, sh- a, a charlatan, a faker, and now they have since declared me king of Halloween and banned you. Greg, what, what what do you what matters to you more, actions or words? I guess actions. Do you know the analogy really? about like you have uh, two people running for base? One does it in, or they both at the same time. One does it in perfect form, the other does it in lousy form. Which one do you choose? I don't know this analogy now. You you choose the person with the lousy form. He's teaching the the perfect form. He beats the other guy every time. So maybe what Spirit Halloween mm-hmm. is doing is they're thinking, okay, Greg may have perfect form. But Blessing's got the same time. Blessing's doing just as well. What if we teach Blessing to be the real king of Halloween? Towards he gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets way better. That Who was knows? a crazy analogy. That it was. It is that a crazy was. analogy. But also, to I, the hate, point of, uh, I hate that you have made me want October to end. Do you understand that? I want it over with just to stop all of this. I mean, Greg, you just said that actions matter more than words. And Spirit Halloween have, has sent me two suits. They've I, but I also pointed out that they you this would be like if you lie to your partner about and then you get caught being a cheater. You can't turn around and be like, "Well, I'm king of the boyfriends." Like I, I was, <laughs> I was. She said I was the best boyfriend. Gave me two gifts when it turned out I was being a horrible person. No, that doesn't work. I don't know what this is referencing at all. <laughs> I think I've, I've, always, more, I've always loved Halloween. The more important element of this is that there's like only one king that well there's two kings that matter obviously the king portillo yeah but i, I want to bring attention to the fact that we're not giving enough credit to imran the cheesecake king <laughs> that was another analogy that uh, apparently people just ran with i love it um, somebody should yeah mm-hmm. where's my tote package cheesecake factory where's my thing in the mail of like a cheesecake jacket 
Did I get on it, man? Get on Did it. Do they sell cheesecake jackets? I don't know. They should. If not, like I'm on it. it can't be that hard to fashion a jacket out of cheesecake, right? Like mm-hmm. it should be reasonably easy. Is this yeah. a game's daily reference? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, 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 guys, real like, quick, real quick. Well, let me see where where is one here. You you gonna, you gonna, yeah, bringing up some Buffalo Blues. Yeah. Oh. Kev. Oh, cheesecake jackets. Okay, yeah. Cool. Okay, I'm all about I, I for one think Imran Where's would look great in this. That I is guarantee. Hot. I know he would look great in that. <laughs> I might uh. buy that if you don't buy it. <laughs> Damn. Hold on. Is Bless now trying to be the Halloween king and no, okay. trying to give I, the Cheesecake I, King I, a, rip, I, a run I, for I, his money? I'm not trying to become the Cheesecake King. I just really like Cheesecake, and this looks awesome. I mean, who does I would take that as more of like a, a kingdom alliance of like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. The other kings are like showing their respect. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. And speaking of respect, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We talk about video games and all the things that we respect about them. There you, you can go. watch the show live by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, just like our Patreon producers, James Davis, at James Davis makes. The phone number, 248-835-3699. Call for a good Jeffrey, time. Jeffrey, P. Long. P, 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 Long. Thank, Thank you, you. Kevin. Thank you. Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Sancho West Gaming, James Hastings, and Tom, the Bach, Bach. Thank you all very much for all of your support. Uh, if you support the show on Patreon, you get the show ad-free, and you get the exclusive post-show. Normally, we play this fantastic game called Bless Who, but today, we're playing a fantastic game called Imran Who, uh, unless <laughs> Imran comes up with a better name <laughs> by the end of the end of the show. Surely he'll be able to. Surely he'll be wrong. able to. <laughs> um all right anyways let's get to it this is the kind of funny games cast so we're going to talk about video games i have two video games, games that we respect games that we respect and i'm going to start off with one that i don't respect as much as Ooh. as as the other and i want to talk a little bit just a little bit about kingdom hearts melody of memory all right this is essentially theater rhythm final fantasy but for kingdom hearts and it's coming out now and i played the demo which is available. You can play it on Xbox. You can play it on PlayStation. And I got to say, guys, it's not that good. Oh, no. <laughs> but you no. love Kingdom Hearts, Tim I love, love Kingdom Hearts. Love Kingdom Hearts music. I love rhythm games. Don't love these games. I've never really vibed with the theater rhythm games. But mm. even those, I think, are a step above this one. And maybe it's just it's not clicking with me. Maybe there's like the hardcore nanobiologist out there loving this Kingdom Hearts. He's probably like, this is for me. I'm going to do this. I don't like the way the game's set up. Let me explain. Explain. Okay, Greg. There's the the traditional note highway, right? Sure. Coming at you. Imagine a guitar hero. But instead of it being notes, it's enemies. Various enemies from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Heartless, as they're called. Okay? They're coming at you. You got your squad. You got Sora. You got your Donald. You got your Goofy. They function as the different notes of the guitar. Sure, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So as you go through and like there, there's the different tracks of left, mid and right. And then you attack the heartless to the beat as you go. Whole bunch of different advanced moves like using magic to get enemies that are above or jumping and be able to like hover through uh, hovering notes or whatever. The problem I have with the game is Sora is a little bit more ahead of Donald and Goofy who are behind you. But whenever you attack with them, they come up to hit the notes to be in line with Sora. And it is a bizarre choice that messes with your mind because you need to account for a little bit more animation time to get to the note that you're trying to hit. 
And for a music game, reflexes and input are the most important thing. Of when you hit a button, it better hit the note. Yeah, Does that, that makes that sense. That feels like yeah, no, Nomura, like coming into a room and being like, "No, Sora is a star. He needs to be in front of Donald and Goofy. Like, there's no reason they should be on the same level. Like that. That sounds like a <laughs> thing that just makes no like as a rhythm game makes zero sense. Because like in theater rhythm, everyone it's like a Final Fantasy battle system. Everyone's mm-hmm. on one side, all equal. Like you're you're tapping the buttons all in equal measures. Mm-hmm. What you're describing would throw me so off. I haven't played the demo yet, so I don't know. But it it sounds insane. Yeah, and it's just one of those things that's just a little annoying, but it's constantly happening, and you constantly need to kind of like rethink about it. And it's almost like I wish you could just turn that off, have them in the same line, because then it's like, cool, I'm not distracted. Now I can actually focus on this, because I bumped it up to Proud Difficulty, which is the hardest, and it's really, really, really challenging. And I'm like, cool, I like that. Like That's what I'm, I'm looking for in these type of rhythm games. But we don't need that extra level of frustration on top of a challenge that is that is already there right like the no charts seem very well kind of produced and i was a, a, a bit impressed with the the music mixes that i've heard so far some of them are the original arrangements and others are, are like new there's like a super dope new version of dearly beloved that i'm all about mm-hmm. but yeah, i do not think i'm going to play any more of this game like I, I played for like 30 minutes and i was just like i just can't get over the hurdles that don't need to be there for this game for what could be a super deep engaging rhythm experience yeah that's unfortunate for the kingdom hearts soundtrack which is probably one of the most revered soundtracks in video games like people love the soundtracks of kingdom hearts one through i don't know what people have to say about three but i assume judge judge judging off of uh face my fear the skrillex version oh my god like you know what a song (laughs) if you told me they're putting that into a rhythm game i'd be like okay cool yeah that sounds like it's gonna be a great time it sounds like what they should have done is either put more effort into it or maybe you've done this as like a download pack for beat saber or like a dance dance revolution kind of thing as opposed Hell to yeah. this yeah totally because that, that's the thing is like the music is so great and it works so well for rhythm games because uh shimamura the uh composer for the for all the kingdom hearts franchise is so heavily piano based and there's just a lot of like fast moving stuff and that's cool to be able to do to play rhythm games and like do all the the fast moving left to right all that shit but yeah, it's like when the, the they, they force the Kingdom Hearts battle system into a rhythm game as opposed to making a rhythm game kind of feel and look like Kingdom Hearts. And I think that's where they made their biggest error. But I want to show some respect here on this. Finally, res- remember, we, res- we, we respect games on this show. And so, so, so moving on, moving on to the next game I want to talk about. I could not respect this game more. This game is Mario Kart Live. Home Whoa. circuit, yeah, that's a Mario Kart remote control car. Baby. Wow, it has a camera on it. It has a camera. Yo, real talk. Future is now. If you have a child, this is what you need to get them this holiday season. I have never, ever been more impressed by a toy in my entire <laughs> life. There is a promise here, and it is executed on. This is the coolest thing ever. I'm a 31 year old man. 31 year old man. And I am having too much fun setting up courses, watching Moose hate the hell out of this thing and chase it around as I control it. When you set it up for the first time, like there was a moment, Greg, let me take you back a couple years ago. Okay. When we finally got to hold the switch and we finally got to see it go from docked to undocked and we're like, it actually works. Yeah. I can't believe it. We didn't believe that was going to work. And then it did. And it was like magic. 
I had that moment again with this where pair the the cart. It was super easy setting up the um, the course Track. is super. It, yeah, it's a fun experience. It comes in this little like just cardboard thing. You pull out the different uh, check marks and checkpoints or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. And it's all cardboard. They fold out nicely. Super easy to just kind of pop together and super easy to break down and put back in this box for storage, which is a, a key thing because they're actually pretty sizable. Put them around your house wherever you want. Pull up the switch, download this game, which is a free app that doesn't do anything unless you have the cart. So it doesn't really matter. And you just go. And all of a sudden, I'm playing Switch, and I'm seeing my house from this camera, and it just works. And I am shocked. Latency. Tell me about latency. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. No way in hell. Kevin and I were talking about this a little bit. When we were little kids, was there anything cooler than a remote control car? No. 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 Absolutely not. Like, there's just such a fun thing about pressing something and seeing something move, right? Like, that's just like a dumb little kid thing that turns into being an adult you still have that fun driving a real car, still a thrill, right? Yeah. But seeing it here, when you put the Mario Kart down on the floor and you hold up the switch and you, you're seeing what's in front of you and you hit go and you see it move in real life and it's going and it feels like at the same time, it's the most impressive thing in the world. When we were little and had remote control cars, they never worked perfectly. There was always like some weird, it was like, I'd say nine out of 10, but it was never a 10 out of 10. And I'd say sure. with this, it's a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're looking at a freaking video game console, seeing your house and your dog and your shit around and the augmented reality stuff on top of it. It is so impressive and it's freaking cool that you kind of, your brain turns off the, it's not a 10 out of 10 and it turns into, I can't believe this is working. And like that to me is the most impressive thing is it works enough. Then there's a cool game on top of it. This is a Mario Kart game. Like there's, there's a lot of thought put into you make the, the different maps that you want. Then it adds stuff on top of it. They add a whole bunch of you're facing off against the Koopa kids, but they add a bunch of weird augments like you're underwater or like the gravity changes or like there's like they put obstacles in your way or different things happen. And seeing it go around in real life, you ne- you're not actually looking at it because you're playing the game on the Switch, right? Sure. It becomes this like shared house experience where Gia was like looking at it like this is awesome, like watching it go around. And that to me, I'm like, if we had kids, I can't even imagine how much fun they'd have with this setting up their own courses, adding like taking their action figures and lining them up and like making their own obstacles to, to go through. And that's just with one cart. Like you can have multiple carts if you want and, and have them race in real life and in the switch. There's nothing cooler than this, you guys. Like, it is so ridiculously rad. It's $100. And hmm. I think that that is a, a very fair price for what this is. Like, I don't think that this is going to be a, oh, they play with it once and then never again. Is that the case for me? Probably. I'm not <laughs> going to be playing this too long. So that is something that I want to definitely say is, like, I don't think that this is a, a great investment as a Mario Kart game for adults. But okay. if you have small children... Not even just small children, like any children. This thing is going to give them hours of joy. And you're probably going to hate it after a while because your entire house turns into a Mario Kart course. But it's either that or like something else that's really stupid. At least this is cool. You know what I'm talking about, Craig Miller? Yeah, yeah, like the off-brand Legos or Mm -hmm. just even the Lego pirate set. Yeah, Mega Bloks, yeah. Tim, how intricate can you make these courses? Like if I wanted to make a big-ass ramp, 
Mm-hmm. Could I make a big ass ramp as part of a course? So here's the thing. There's just four little gates that you make out of cardboard. Though that's the course. What happens is you put those down and then you need to drive the Mario Kart like you kind of paint the course. Like mm-hmm. on the screen you actually see like as Mario is going behind him it's leaving like a, a paint trail. So then you need to go through the the different gates. There's four gates, they're numbered and you have to go through them in the same in the right order. 1 2 3 4. Right? Wherever you put those and however you paint the track, that's what happens. So you can get really intricate and like have the gates be like one, four, three, two. But then that would mean you need to go all the way to the end to get to two, then go back to three, then go to the four. So it's like you can create figure eights. You can create like whatever you want because it's just such a simple system of as long as you go in the order of one, two, three, four, it doesn't really matter where you put them. Hmm. And then uh, the game itself adds the augmented reality stuff to like keep you on track. Um, but then it th- ramps and stuff would be a little more difficult. Like, are you talking about like jumps <laughs> or I, just, I just like jump. a ramp? A ra- like either one is fine, but I, I was thinking a jump would be like cool, but I'm going to guess like based on that, we were talking about the painting that probably not going to work. Yeah, probably, probably not. Uh, but it, it also wouldn't work just because like this thing is pretty prone to getting stuck in things. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not that great at uh, going up like from, hardwood floor up to a, a rug little bit of a challenge but with the game when it does pop up the game does a good job of kind of rubber banding and balancing the game out so that if this cart is being held back in real life by obstacles it kind of like tries to treat you a little bit more fairly mm-hmm. uh so that like you're not just getting caught up where in the game you're going super fast but in real life it's like jammed into a corner or like caught on a cord or something but uh the other thing is that the wheels do get really dirty really quickly um so in a lot of ways i think this is going to be a parent's best friend and it's also going to be a parent's nightmare (laughs) so are there there are are there items and stuff that you collect and that you throw at other carts Mm -hmm. are is it all the same items that you'd expect like the banana peel and shells banana peels there uh there's some variations like it's definitely this game is made with an understanding that it, it needs to make a couple concessions and do some things differently. Um, so there's more of a focus on like augmentations to the course than there is mm. to like always like tr- trying to like be first, like the being, being first in this game is a lot more difficult than it is mm. in the other Mario Kart games. Like I did a couple of the grand prix and I was struggling to place and there's usually only five people. So just being in top three, it was hard, but that's cool. But I think that the real draw to this game is, playing with multiple people and having a room full of people watching the stuff and coming up with stupid ideas. And it, Imran, to your point about wanting to do a jump, it is kind of that Lego imagination thing of like, but I wonder if we could do this mm-hmm. and then trying it and it might not work, but that's part of the fun is like figuring it out. Like I think that this game, there is a game here, but it is more about the kind of just fun of having a physical thing. Greg Miller from kind of fun. two separate questions. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, does it come with two cards or just the one? Comes with the one. You got to buy the okay. car separately. And then, so, like, if I and there's a Luigi one, right? So if I didn't want to mm-hmm. be Mario, so okay, okay. So there's that's how you'd separate. And then my other question was, you mentioned, you know, the game, you know, understands if you hit a wall or you're you're stuck on something or whatever. So are you? I thought in the game, I'm controlling the RC car and driving that way. I haven't looked too much into this. Mm-hmm. I read, you know, the the blurbs of people talking about it for their reviews. 
in the on the screen it's the physical car yes or is it a, a video game version of the car it's video game okay okay so if the car got completely stuck and you were still doing well in the video game would it let you keep going or does the car need to be in motion for you to play this game the car needs to be in motion for you to, okay. to keep going like if if the cart's not moving you're not moving in the game okay yeah it like because it- like because the camera's here so it knows where you're at. Like the course wouldn't move. Sure, but if the camera's there and you're putting a digital guy in front of it, I guess I see though the camera would need to move so the car would know where to go and all the, that stuff. Okay. The digital guy's on, like on top of it. All right, I'm gonna look at a video. Yeah. <laughs> is it like is this on Wi-Fi or is it like Bluetooth or? Yes. So it's Wi-Fi, and that is uh, one of the negatives I have. Is yeah. so I you have, can't like take it outside or anything. No, 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 no. So I have really good Wi-Fi. And especially down here, I have really good Wi-Fi. And I was having a lot of weird connection issues. And it was random and sporadic. When it worked, it worked fantastic. And that's what I'm saying. 7.5 out of 10 in terms of working. But I, it's one of those concessions that I'm like, it's worth it for the fun that I'm having. Mm. Like, it, it works more often than it doesn't. Um, and when, the, when it is at full Wi-Fi, it's a great time. Like, you're, you're just cruising through. And I think that there's, there's essentially two modes. There's the Grand Prix, but then there's also just, like, the time trial stuff. Um, and like free roam and just free roam is just so cool. And again, it's one of those things where how, how long will this fun last? I don't know. I imagine being a kid, it would last for a very long time because it's just such a cool experience to be able to see your house <laughs> from like, you know, mouse's eye view. Like it's, it's totally. really, really, really dope. And like going under couches and stuff is like, it's thrilling. It's like, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's very honey. I shrunk the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it reminds me a lot of when we were little playing with Hot Wheels and like, like making the tracks, right? And like having them go in crazy ways and having the jumps and stuff. Like it's a very, very, very technologically advanced version of that. And again, it kind of fulfills the promise that it made. Like the fact that this game was announced just a couple months ago and now is out and now works, <laughs> I am utterly shocked by. Yeah, they were weirdly quiet. Like it was in the Mario th- anniversary thing. And then they haven't really said much about it or anything, but it seems like it's. Like I've seen people just be like, "Oh, this this works extremely well," and it seems like a very cool thing to like a a big hit item for the holiday that they're not really talking about that much. And that's what's blowing my mind. It's like this this seems like tickle me Elmo style. Like it's going to be the craze of the of the Christmas season. But like you're right, no one's talking about it, and I don't get it because like this is one of those seeing is believing things. The moment it happens, you're like, Shh, "We need this." Mm. Yeah. But isn't that, I mean, it doesn't strike me as crazy that people aren't talking about it because it just falls into a weird spot, right? Where it's not a video game for gamers, right? Like, I, it, it sounds like it's more of a toy for kids. And that's not me knocking or insulting it. It's just the idea of, like, you're playing it and you're done with it now for the foreseeable future, right? So I think I would think more parenting or toy podcasts would probably want to talk about it more. But then it's even, would they? Because it's a video game, but it's not a video game enough. For, it's, it's in that weird thing where it's, it's, not enough of a video game for video game people to care about it. And, and, and I'm painting broad, brush, yeah, broad yeah. strokes. And it's not toy enough for toy people to be like, oh, yeah, this is fucking rad. It's like this weird in-between thing. It reminds me in a way of Labo. It, I mean, it, there's Labo elements to it. Like, that's the weird thing about this is it, it really kind of feels like a lot of just Nintendo experiments put together uh, in, in one form that's kind of the greatest hits of those ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, the, putting the, the gates together was kind of fun. And it's like just a simple thing, but it's like just smart engineering of cardboard where it's like they're kind of turned that like the physical placement of the stuff is part of the game. 
And like that definitely feels straight from Labo. And to see something you're that you were creating in real life reflected then in the game and then be able to control something in real life using the game. Like it's just it's rad, guys. That's I, cool. I need no, to, it sounds cool. I need I need to get it over to you guys and you need to try it out because it is <laughs> it's nifty to say the very least. But enough Tim's about, a believer. Tim's I'm a believer. believer. I'm a believer, man. Show some respect. Uh, we respect Greg. games in this house, blessing. We do. Immortals, yeah. Phoenix Rising. Right? Immortals, Phoenix Rising. I got to try the Google Stadia demo. Uh, this oh. is out. Yeah, yeah, this is out on the 22nd. So as we're recording, we're in. The, it's not out yet, but it will be out tomorrow for everybody to go try on Stadia for free. Um, I got to do it because me and Andrea were invited by GameSpot to come over to a sponsored thing and play it and pass the controller around. And Blessing, you went and took the actual demo for us a couple weeks back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much did you get to play? It was hours, right? Yeah, I got to play, I want to say like three hours, four hours, something like that. Gotcha. Everything I've seen since the announcement, I'm like, all right, it looks cool. All right, that looks like Breath of the Wild. All right, that, you know, is giving me Odyssey vibes here and there. Like, that looks like something I want to try. Uh, The Google Stadia demo is like 45 minutes, uh, and I loved it. It was one of those games that, you know, I'm playing a bunch of stuff that we can't talk about and it's all redacted or whatever and uh, an embargoed. And it was one of those things of sitting down to play those other games last night. It was like, all right, yeah, this is cool. But man, I could really go for Phoenix right now because <laughs> it was just that I don't the way I was thinking about it last night and talking to Jen about it a little bit. Right. Is like it reminds me of like video game sandbox jungle gym of it's that breath of the wild thing of course of climb anything you know you, if you see it, you can go there kind of shit but it's also like at least for what you're doing in the demo like we have this like beefed up stamina meter so i was like crawling this giant statue and andrea's like the the objective isn't over here and i'm like i know but it's a giant statue surely there'll be something up here and sure as shit there was some you know some element that i got that i could bring down and put into the pot to make new potions to buff my defense, buff my attack, give me healing, give me more stamina, all these refills for it. And let alone to get all the way up there and then just double jump off and hit that glide button and glide across this huge landscape, right? And fall down then and have the ability, you know, for your light strikes, go into hold L1 and bring up my special abilities. You know, I'm sure it's the same stuff you had blessed, but Mm -hmm. those, you know, uh, harpoons through the floor that kick everybody up, the giant hammer to swing down. It's this, weird mashup of all these things you've seen and it is taking so much of different action adventure stuff but doing it so well i feel where the exploration was fun the world is colorful the story is really funny did you get a lot of this in hearing zeus zeus and prometheus play uh, yeah. off each other no like, was, uh, that was actually a, a very fascinating portion of it of, of my time playing was it seemed like they had dialogue that was recorded specifically for the demo because they would make references to oh yeah the game formerly known as gods and monsters and oh yeah, yeah like this is so 2019 and stuff like that uh it seems like the game was really trying to go for having a sense of humor and there seems to, I think in this, I don't want to ruin it for Stadia people or for anybody who wants to go try this demo. There's stuff in there in the same way of very much like, and the game's over and the, you know, the, you want the heroes won. And it's like, no, he hasn't. They pan over like all this other stuff over there. You're like, oh man, there's lots of, you know, they, then you get the sizzle reel trailer at the end to do it. But it was the go anywhere, do anything, the power of it, the, you know, the crackdown feel of it of just, this is fun to play. And then it was the, you know, dodging and uh, counterattacks and you know being up against a giant colossus and he can kill me in like three hits so how am i actually going and dodging through him his legs and dodging this attack and trying to figure out the right way to do it like 
I finished that demo really anxious for more, which is something I'm happy to say and report, especially when you think it's coming out in December. So obviously, you know, more less to play there, even though we'll be trying to catch up for game of the year stuff. But it seems like it's spread out to a decent degree, obviously, with everything else happening with next gen stuff. So, yeah, I was really, really impressed. Hmm. Going off on a bit of a tangent here, Imran, what's your hype hmm. level for Hyrule Warriors? I'm... So I know I will enjoy that game, and I like watching the little trailers they put out every week. I'm like, oh yeah, this game looks really cool. I put like 200 hours in the Hyrule Warriors one. Jesus. So I know, like like I said, I'm going to enjoy it, but it's go- like, a very, okay, we'll pick this up where we left off kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not like foaming at the mouth waiting for it. I'm excited to, like, my girlfriend wants to see this story of Breath of the Wild uh, prequel, but not actually play the game. So we're going to play that together. and. For me, it's the opposite of like, oh, it's going to be cool to see the Breath of the Wild stuff, but I really just want to hit things with the sword and like, you know, do do the things I enjoyed in Hyrule Warriors more. And I, well, I guess the Breath of the Wild stuff is cool. And it'll be nice to see those characters, but it's not like the main draw for me at all. Blessing, Greg, do either of you have interest in giving this one a shot? No. Oh, definitely. Like I, I, so Breath of the Wild, I talk about all the time, right? One of my favorite games ever. Story is not one of the reasons why I adore Breath of the Wild. Like, I like the story fine. I like the voice acting fine. But I like Breath of the Wild for the gameplay more so than anything else. Uh, The idea of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity kind of fills me with a little bit of, uh, I guess, dread. Because I've always been looking forward to a Breath of the Wild game that is a prequel that is taking place 100 years before link awakens and the, the apocalypse has already happened like i i was looking forward to that story being told in that game uh coming out i didn't think it would come out in this way i thought that we'd get like a mainline breath of the wild game or a mainline zelda game that would tackle that um or or maybe not like i i it's this weird thing of all right if we're gonna get this i guess you know i i guess getting this period is better than not getting it in terms of that story being told but hyrule warriors has never been, or even even Dynasty Warriors, Muso game in ge- Muso games in general have never been something that that have spoken to me. Um, that said, I am very down to give this thing a try in hopes that I absolutely adore it because again, like I love Breath of the Wild, and from all the things I've seen from the trailers and stuff, it looks fun, it looks cool, it's taking the art style, it's taking the characters and all the stuff that I that I really do like about it about Breath of the Wild and and seems to translate it well, uh, and so I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty hyped about it, uh, Greg. If you're not hyped about this one, uh, a similar question of gauging levels for you, Demon Souls. Are you going to give it a shot? I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I'll be surprised if it takes, just because mm-hmm. Souls games haven't been my jam. And I remember Demon Souls way, way, way back when I was uh, running the PlayStation team, and that it was that thing where this game's getting traction for some reason we need to review it we sent it off to sam bishop and when it came back with like a nine five or whatever he gave it we're all like what (laughs) and i remember popping it in being like okay i think i get it but i don't know it'll be for me this is a what does it look like from blue point what does it look like with some 2020 sensibilities put into it obviously i mean it's a remake i'm not expecting it to be you know dumbed down or anything like that but is the onboarding to it and menu systems and all that a bit more like, oh, I understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it? Or will I it just be? No. Yeah, I, I, that's my thing. Is it, if it's just 
from the ground up or whatever, I understand the gameplay of what people pull from it. And obviously it's a launch lineup. So I'm going to want to have a taste of everything and see what's going on with PlayStation five. Uh, but I, I, so I'm not expecting to be bit by the bug and be through it, let alone the fact that it's in such a stacked area of me wanting to get to miles and assassins and, uh, uh, cyberpunk and bugs, Max and, you know, so many other things to play right there. I think that's an aspect that's going to work against it is that as a launch game, these types of games have a an oral history aspect to them of mm, mm, mm. I don't know what this thing does. Somebody like through discussion on the Internet, I will find out or somebody will mention, hey, I did this. I cut this rope in this one room and I did this. and I got this item and that helped me in this place. Like those are things that are great when the game has like a long time to gestate. Like in it, you're just kind of poking at it every so often or you're playing it and just you know, slowly learning and finding something new around every corner. But when you when you do want to say, okay, I'm going to put some time in this game, but then I also have to play Cyberpunk. I have to play Spider-Man. Like, these are things that are things, not only obligations, but things I want to do. Yeah. That lessens the time frame you have to actually understand and, you know, absorb Demon Souls. Yeah. I'm, are you I'm, super jazzed for it, Imran? Is that going to be like your shit? I am. Like, I've played Demon Souls before, but I played it after I'd gotten into like Dark Souls and stuff like that. So like mm -hmm. I the first time I saw the game, I didn't understand it at all. And eventually I did. But I am excited from the perspective of I've not played a Souls game in a while. I want to play like I, I've not the last one was Sekiro and that was last year and it wasn't really a Souls game. It was a different sure. kind of thing. So I'm it's more that I have this like methadone thing I need to get done. And Demon Souls is going to be that with newer graphics. So yeah, I mean but on the other hand, yes, I'm more excited for Miles Morales because Miles Morales is a new game. Mm -hmm. Bless where are you at. Yeah, I remember having those conversations on kind of funny games daily. I think with Emron, like before the PlayStation event happened where we we're like, okay, yeah, when do we think uh Rational Clank's gonna come out? When do we think Demon Souls is gonna come out? I think Emron was the one that floated the idea that oh yeah, no, this could come out at launch. Like it could be a launch title. Uh, and I remember being like, Ooh, could it? And like, I, I think deep, I think deep down, I just didn't want it to be because I, <laughs> at, at launch, there's so many games that I, that I'm going to want to play. Like there's, there's already so many games. I have a list of games that I want to play at launch yeah. and it's pretty much most of them <laughs> on the PS5 really. Right. Like I want to jump into miles. I want to jump into cyberpunk. I want to jump into the path list. I want to jump into bug snacks, like, you know, destruction, all stars, Godfall. I'm going to want to try and play all the games at the same time somehow, and I don't know how I'm going to make it work. Yeah, I was actually like wondering right there, like, would anyone mention Destruction All-Stars? Because I feel like no one's going to. But... I want to at least jump into it once. I, For some reason, I doubt that I'm going to give it a second shot after my first shot, but I want to at least play it. You know, who knows? Maybe it could be this cool combination of Rocket League and Twisted Metal that catches us off guard and ends up being really fun. But as of this point, I'm like, every other game is taking precedence. Like Godfall and Destruction All Stars, are the two games where I'm like, please be good because if you're good, this could be really cool. This could really like, <laughs> it's gonna be real cool. <laughs> it's gonna be real cool. If these games are good, but I, if they're I not don't... good, like whatever, right? You just get to yeah, move on. But yeah. if they are good, yeah, if they are good. It's like, oh, let's go. All right, Godfall. Um, but yeah, with that, with that being the case, that there's so many games at launch. Demon Souls is kind of the one where I'm like, oh, I, I wish I could have the time to play this game. I wish it came out in uh, uh spring next year, like around a time where there's no other games coming out because then I'd feel more obligated to to actually have a uh put a, like a good shot into it and like actually try to get into it now where there's so many things happening in November I doubt that I'm going to want to be able to give it the, the college try it's a little premature maybe to to bring this up but now that we know this lineup we know where we're at with PS5 coming so soon when do you guys think we get Ratchet and Clank 
I've been right. wondering that, like, it's yeah, February seems like it makes sense. They are seem very hesitant to say anything past launch, like for exact dates. So we've gotten like the release window timing, but we don't know how they define release window. So February I, is not, my best guess. You figure that's not outrageous, right? That's how PlayStation's been ca- uh, playing release dates, both for PlayStation Five and then I think just for first party lineup for a while. And so yeah, yeah I, I would say I would say March, but I can see February. But I would say definitely that first part of the year. Like you know, it's the same conversation we always have. But people are so hungry uh, for new content when the new year starts, and because it is that weird thing of in the rush up till uh, Game of the Year awards and December thirty first, it's about clearing your backlog and playing the most recent stuff. And as soon as the calendar resets, I think everybody starts focusing on what the new year is going to bring. Let you add that in the gasoline that is these brand new consoles and wanting to see things specifically for them. I think it's a one-two punch from PlayStation if they can have Ratchet and Clank ready to go. And I wouldn't be surprised even if like they give that release date at game awards like right in the start of december get you mm-hmm. past black friday get you get the systems out that would still be earlier than usual i think in terms of how they want to message this stuff it, I, but i think it would actually do them good there in terms of everybody always just wants a roadmap right when we talk about either a games as a service or a new console you're investing in of just when you can expect things and if they were able to come out and say that that'd be great but i'm sure it's the same reasons they play everything so close these days right of covid and everything else and shifting development in general yeah, I try, I'm trying to think of it within the context of the other games that we have coming out of PlayStation in 2021. And right now, yeah, we have Ratchet & Clank, we have Horizon Forbidden West, and then we also have God of War, which is slated for 2021, which I don't know if, how much we believe that game is going to come out in 2021. I have my fingers crossed. But yeah, with that being the case, right, like God of War has to be probably like a late 2021 game. Even though I, I saw like an article floating around, I think on Twitter today, that they're planning to get that game out in like early 2021 which i'm like there's no, no way no um so like if, if this is the case that god of war is let's say late 2021 horizon zero dawn let's say summer, summer. and that goes yeah. to Tsushima yeah. slot i think it would yeah. only make sense that ratchet comes out in the spring and have they have like a good paint the whole year in that sort of way horizon being a ps4 game as well like kind of convinced me they started that game a while ago so it's probably ready to like i i would not be shocked if they are in somewhat of a polishing phase already and they're like that game could come out spring to summer fairly easily, I think. <laughs> Exciting times. Yeah. Before we continue talking about stuff, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Fubo TV. If you're sick of cable, guess what? We are too. That's why I have switched over to Fubo TV. The Bachelorette's happening right now, and I get to watch it thanks to Fubo. My brother's also really excited because then he gets to watch uh, a bunch of the, the, the random shows that you'd expect Cool Greg to want to watch. Uh, do you love watching TV but hate your cable company? It's time to finally cut the cord with Fubo TV and you can pay less money for more channels with no bulky set top box. The monthly cost of cable can be over $200. Fubo TV is $65 a month to watch the same channels and you don't need to pay for DVR or an installation. Uh, Fubo TV is how you should be watching TV. You get everything you want all in one place for less than the cost of cable uh, i've been watching the karate kid movies and they're there i get to just watch them don't need to rent them don't need to do anything so hey if that's not going to sell you i don't know what will with fubo tv you get all your favorites like this is us and the bachelor uh the premier league and nba all the news channels and so much more there's no risk to try it out get full access to fubo tv for seven days for free and right now fubo tv is offering you guys seven day free trial and 15 percent off your first month by going to fubotv.com slash kind of funny there are no contracts and you can cancel anytime that's f-u-b-o-t-v.com slash kind of funny for 15 percent off your first month and a free trial 
FuboTV.com slash kind of funny. Next up, shout out to Upstart. During these economically turbulent times, everyone's looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you are more than just a credit score. Now's the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply. Uh, Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment, just like one of my really good friends did, and it made it so easy for him to just focus, get this done, Boom, now debt-free. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash kinda to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kinda. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Upstart.com slash kinda. Finally, shout out to ExpressVPN. In the documentary, The Social Dilemma on Netflix, uh, tech insiders explain how social media is engineered to exploit users' data for profit. They call it surveillance capitalism. Uh, Look, here's the deal. It's like normal capitalism. That's a whole thing already, right? Uh, When your data is being harvested so tech billionaires can get even richer, that is where a a line needs to be drawn, and that's why. You should be using a layer of protection around your data with ExpressVPN. Every time you use the internet, big tech companies mine your data by tracking your searches, messages, and video history. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, it hides your IP address, which websites can use to personally identify you. That's pretty scary. Uh, You still need to be careful with what you share on social media, but ExpressVPN can make your web browsing more anonymous. Uh, They also encrypt 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers. Or prying eyes. Uh, if you don't like the idea of tech companies exploiting your personal information, visit expressvpn.com slash kind of funny right now, and you can get three months extra for free of ExpressVPN. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kind of funny to protect your data. Go to expressvpn.com slash kind of funny to learn more. Now, Greg, you brought up the end of the year. You brought up Game Awards. And that got me thinking real quick. Sure. What's going to happen at the Game Awards this year? We we just the summer Game Fest just ended. I know, right? <laughs> and then now we're we're gearing up for the 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 new console launches. It's going to happen in a couple of weeks, and then boom, Game Awards early December. Imran, what's going to happen? I don't know because like last year, I, I I'm not going to go out be out of school by saying like last year was kind of a bummer in terms of announcements. Like the the actual show was fine. It was as well presented as Jeff Keighley has ever presented, but like in terms Muppet of new announcements, Nintendo kind of just didn't show up. Like there was oh, you're right. in like no more heroes, but those were low key pre-show announcements and show some respect here on the Xbox game series X. That, oh, I, more I, than that, more than that. Fast the, and you know, furious. Fast and furious. I, was, okay. I meant more on Nintendo yeah. side, but yes. So like that fast and furious was a, Good announcement in that Fast and Furious is a good film franchise. That game was terrible. So horrible. I mean, it's the game of the <laughs> oh, year. Dude, it I horrible. forgot it came out. <laughs> oh, it did. I it was did. like, wait, has that game even come out yet? And I forgot we covered it. <laughs> but yeah, like I 
I'm going to guess it's going to be like less focus on getting stars onto a stage now because I'm going to assume there's no stage and there's no like a gathering or all that stuff. So maybe this is the time that other like third parties and Nintendo and all of them just do come and show. Like if you, like Greg was saying, a Ratchet and Clank, uh, what do you call it? Ratchet release and Clank date. trailer. Yeah. Trailer with the release date makes a ton of sense. Nintendo has put Breath of the Wild on that show numerous times. So what if they put like with, uh, AOC, AOC is a loaded acronym. Age of Calamity already <laughs> being a like having come out by then. What if that's the time they show a new Breath of the Wild two trailer and start the hype up for that? Like yeah. all these things would be great. <laughs> I, Plus, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah talk, talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you can see right that you could see. Uh, uh, I think there's this is less likely than the next one. I'll tell you, but I think you could see an actual tease for God of War. I think mm-hmm. you could have something there because that's not they, you know, obviously Jeff has a great relationship with PlayStation and he's announcing things <laughs> after the fact, but also Game Awards showing off Last of Us way back in the day. But mm-hmm. on the same breath, I think you could see like the initiative talking about their game there, giving Ooh. some kind of cinematic trailer of what that's going to be, some CG thing of that. Interesting. There'll be Do something from Fortnite. That uh yeah, of course. Uh that this being uh, correct me where I, I make mistakes here, but this is the first time Game Awards is doing three different places at once. There's right. It's LA, Tokyo, and, and London. London? I do, do you believe, think, right? Not New York. Yeah. That sounds right to me. I don't know. But uh, do you think that that is going to influence announcements in any way, or is that just like a cool thing? I think it will influence announcements some way. I don't 100% know what that means. I would think that the Japan thing is interesting to me. You assume Kojima, right? Do you mm. assume he's announcing something, or is he just going to be there giving out an award? Mm, don't know it could go either way he could tease whatever his next thing is and go that way what's kojima doing they i saw a thing today that was like he is a soundtrack production on his next project has started yeah i saw that too so hmm. he's making a game it just we don't know what it is yet i hope he announces it soon i love <laughs> i i really love like- the i i i I mean, usually I don't like when when studios announce projects super early that are coming out years and years down the line just because I, I don't like that kind of anticipation. But with Kojima, I make the exception. I love the Death Stranding rollout. Like us being like, yo, what the fuck is this game? And the more and more we get of it, the more and more we're like, all right, but what is it? <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> like you're telling me I'm delivering things and you get the game and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm delivering things. Uh, I, I, I really like <laughs> that ramp up when it comes to Kojima. And I feel like for him i if he says he's putting out a game like even if he announced a game this year i i'm at the point where i would expect it in like two to three years like the death training uh rollout seemed fairly quick for what that was and not even quick but like depends on what you like what you mean by reveal like there was that uh was it the andrew house Oh, Andrew House, yeah, and the, yeah. him and Koji was just sitting on a couch and like talking, like, "Oh yeah, we're working on a thing." God and it was like that that one E three where they had Kojima come back or come onto the stage from these like light, yeah, the lighting upstairs in the background, yep. and nobody yeah. else in the entire show used those stairs. It, it was, was just for amazing. Him. Yep. God, what an E three! That was just spectacular. That was the Crash Bandicoot one, man. But like Ooh. him, him putting out Miller Solid Five in, at the end of 2015, and then yeah, at the end of 2015, also like months later sitting down with Andrew House and being like, yeah, I'm making a game for PlayStation. And then in 2019, putting out a game, like that game actually coming out, I feel like it is a fairly, like, good timeline. Uh, as far yeah, as, a like, fairly good Kojima timeline. Yeah, I, a I very agree. good Kojima timeline, for sure. Yeah, and so, like, I, 
at this point, like if he announced a new game, you know, I'd be I'd be all for it. Like at this point, I'm not I'm trusting it not to become vaporware. Uh, and it seems like he could work in a pretty, I guess, I, I, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, but decent pace in, in terms of, you know, announcing a game and actually finishing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume, I mean, if we're just like speculating on what Kojima's doing, I assume he's making the Silent Hill game he was not allowed to make. Because like was, he's doing yeah. something horror, right? I feel like yeah. that's where his next his next thing would take him. They've hinted at that a lot, and like nothing's come of it. So, but at, at the same time, if Sony's also making a Silent Hill, which we don't know that they are, like those are just rumors. I don't. I would assume Sony's not part of that if they're making also mm-hmm. a separate Silent Hill like game. But I, who Good knows? Luck. The industry's been weirder than that. So, what's your take on Silent Hill? I think the rumors are credible, and I know that those people are working on something. The people involved with it, who are rumored to be involved in Silent Hill, are working on something. I don't know for a fact if it's Silent Hill, but like that, I've heard enough times that like, oh, Silent Hill is supposed to be at this thing, and then it's not there. That either a bunch of people are being fooled, or it just keeps getting pulled from things. So mm. it, honestly, it could be either one. I don't know for a fact, but like, <laughs> could you imagine I, a, a Game Awards where we get? Ratchet and Clank release date, Horizon Zero Dawn gameplay, a cinematic for God of War, and then Silent Hills by Kojima announced, like a PlayStation takeover no. type thing. No, Under, and I cannot, <laughs> you cannot imagine that. Do not get your hopes that high. I think you get maybe one of those. Maybe the Kojima and maybe one PlayStation announcement. Close with Fast and Furious R2. Hell yeah. Let's go. Uh, do you think we get another Smash Brothers reveal? It would be a smart place to put it, and I think the timeline kind of works out for that, because, well... Yeah, Steve just came out, so theoretically, two more months for another reveal makes sense. Yeah, I hope but, so, and I hope that it's hype as hell. Yeah, we, yeah. I miss that man. You're <laughs> right. Last year's Game Awards, I mean, Michelle Rodriguez talking about Taken was fun, but I, I want some more hype. Bring yeah, it's hype, been a, it's been a while since we've been in a situation where we're watching a trailer and we're like, oh. Uh, Persona 5 is coming back on Switch, I guess. And then they do the thing where it's, no, it's on Smash. Uh, or they're coming to Smash. I want that. Like, I'm, I, that's been my favorite type of Smash reveal. When, when you think it's one thing and it turns out to be another thing. Yeah. Well, one other announcement. Because I feel like we just have been so spoiled. Especially this year when it comes to crazy announcements on the PlayStation side. Where it's like, we know a God of War sequel's coming. Like, isn't that crazy to think about? That, like, it is confirmed. Like, what else could even be announced? Like, do you think that the initiatives game could have that level of oh shit factor if it was at the game Awards? if it's yeah. i mean if it's back to what we're talking about right and what you've talked about before and I, granted this is now something you've put in my head i know but then everybody else's head but like if it was attached to a, an ip like marvel which is one of the things you call that right of like mm-hmm. i think then you would have that juice on it i think it's going to be not a hard sell by any stretch of the imagination but it'll be hype for different reasons right of the people who are super dialed in and listen to this podcast and other podcasts like ours, I don't mean just ours, but like that understand when the initiative's logo comes up and they're like, oh shit, fuck, this is Drew Murray. What's he got up his sleeve? You know what I mean? Like there'll be that level to it, but then the, the there'll be the level of just people who have no idea who that is, but when they see the trailer and it hopefully knock on wood delivers and looks rad, then there's hype to it. If you can be on, have hype for both of those, that's when you have something really cool. At at this point, I'm convinced that it's Perfect Dark related. Based Jeffrey on Grub Grub was in a Games Daily chat saying it's Perfect Dark. Yeah, and so if you see the initiative logo and and it's Perfect Dark tied, then yeah, I think it'll have that same level of pop. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah, if it's fucking rock ass, uh, fucking awesome, goddamn kicking ass, perfect dark, fuck yeah. The other (laughs) thing that's interesting too, I mean, because this is where I went, I make the Marvel reference because we've talked about it before and being an IP you care about, obviously perfect dark is an IP people care about. I think the interesting one is, and stick with me because I know you just want to throw rocks at me for this one. What if they debut footage of Spider-Man and Marvel's Avengers there? What if that's the next push for them, and or and, and yeah, then it ends with next gen release date for that? I thing buy or something it. like that too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, granted, they've also like messed up pretty much every marketing opportunity they've had for the last six months. So yeah. I would not be, I would not easily believe that they have like they will do a layup on this one. But it could know, also it would, be sorry, go ahead. It, it would be a good time to actually debut that. It could also be the pivot point to promoting whatever the next Marvel game is, which. What theoretically is that Guardians game that we've heard about forever and ever and ever and ever and ever ago, right? From I always screw this one up. Idos Montreal, right? Yeah. 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 That Deus Ex people. Yeah, exactly. Is it gonna be that game that we get a teaser for? And then do we do we believe at this point, do we believe that? That that game is is gonna actually happen. Not that I was gonna say, here's what I believe. I believe that game existed and it did at one point was full gonna happen. The fact that it's been quiet for so long gets into this interesting conversation of your Marvel games. Your next big game is Avengers. Avengers keeps on slipping, both publicly and what form I always had heard privately. Like you can't announce the next one until you get that one out the gate, right? But then on top of that, you have this game now that's ongoing. And then where is this Guardians game if it's real? If it hasn't fallen apart, if it hasn't changed, if it hadn't gotten scrapped, like because again, they never f- officially announced it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Square Enix. I would assume, like, maybe not Game Awards, maybe adjacent to Game Awards, or maybe maybe out there, who knows. Final Fantasy VII, not Part Two, but the PS5 PC version. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Of what, like, about the, what about the Xbox version? Wait, holy crap, it's crazy to think Final Fantasy VII was this year. They, they've never <laughs> it announced It hasn't even been a year. <laughs> so, I'm not going to say there's not going to be an Xbox version, but they've never announced one. So, I mean, you got it. I mean, wouldn't they have... That whole exclusivity thing, like right, but when the PC when they reset launch trailer for FF seven, the bottom said this is PC footage, and then later they said yeah, there's a PC version coming next year. They mm. have not announced an Xbox version yet. I'm not saying they're not doing one, but I'm I'm hedging my bets a little bit on whether they will or not. Huh? But who knows? Who knows? Honestly, but I I would bet if they do do a PS five whatever Dude. version next, <laughs> they <laughs> they will. They will probably add an extra ending that like talk hints dirty at what, to me. Talk you know, dirty to me. Like, I love this. On what part two is going to be? Because from what I've heard, like seven are sold really fast, and that maybe that's because of COVID or whatever. But it sold much faster than I thought it would. So they ex- have expanded the scope of the future games. So I, at at this the point, the party's <laughs> so large. <laughs> I like. I mean that thing is malleable, right? Like you could say, "Oh, part two is going to be like discs, the rest of disc one and part of disc two. or you could say, "No, part two is actually going to be, you know, this up until this point in the game." Like, at only what point? Disc one. When is Rocket Town? What disc is Rocket Town on? Because that's where I stopped. Oh God, I don't remember, but I be- I believe that there's be this one. It's no, because you, you definitely take Sid with you into. Yeah, I guess you're right. Damn, that's disc one. It but is you a, long game. a lot happens in disc one. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, like I could see, hey, this new version has an ending. This has a new set of trophies. Uh, I had heard a lot about that there was like a some cut content from Seven Remake, so I would not be shocked if that shows up in a new like PS5 version. And maybe they say like, oh, now now switches don't take five seconds to hit because we have an SSD. Mm. 
That's great. Imran, you are very familiar with Nomura and with the Kingdom Hearts titles. What would they name this? For a remake? Remake mm-hmm. part two? No, remake oh. part. Well, either part two, but but even just the definitive version of remake. If it's Nomura, if it's solely Nomura making that decision, they would call it re-remake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. But if like if someone is for an is like holding on to him, like holding him by the shoulder, like no, 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 it's gonna be like remake definitive edition or something like that. Final Fantasy Seven re remake. Oh yes, yes. Uh, all right, enough about predictions. Enough about all that fun stuff. I want to talk to you, Bless, about Ghosts of Tsushima. Legends. Oh my god, it's very good. I I feel like I've talked about the game so much at this point, but you know, but it's, you keep playing more of it. That's the I, thing. Yeah, I keep I keep playing it nonstop. I'm obsessed with it. I uh, how much do you guys know about Legends? I know Greg knows all about it because we talked about it. And I, I just know that the uh, the clips and t- gifts and stuff that you guys have been posting are just gorgeous. Like, how different does this look than what the core game was? Because like anything I've ever seen of the core game didn't have that much color. Well, the gifts I've been posting when I'm like going live streaming, those are just gifts of Ghost of Shima proper. The oh, really, yeah, Shit. but like, well, in ter- in terms of how Should've played it, loser, visually, loser, it, it, it Legends is visually different though from Ghost of Shima pro- proper. Like, it is, it's red. The whole, yeah, it's red. Like the whole thing is, yeah, it that's is kind of what I was saying. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it it, it is more so like a um, fantastical, like mythological uh, take on Ghost of Shima where. Uh, apparently, like the whole story is, it is you, you have Gyozen, who's the narrator for Legends, and he's telling the story of basically what Ghost of Tsushima was. But in terms of hey, like we we've been hearing the story of the Ghost of Tsushima, who you know there were these warriors that went out and and took out and fought back against the Mongol invasion and or whatever, right? Like it is their interpretation of what the Ghost of Tsushima was, and in their eyes. The Ghost of Shima was this mythological group of warriors that had powers and all this stuff because they were like, oh, there's no way one guy, Jin Sakai, could do all this. And so this is our our take on it. Um, and so, yeah, Ghost of Shima Legends is basically the, the co-op mode in Ghost of Shima. Uh, and basically what they've done is they've bashed in their own destiny into Ghost, Ghost of Shima. And it's actually very impressive and like really fun there is a story mode for two two players we want to go through about nine different story missions there's also a survival mode if you have four players uh that's basically a horde mode uh, that's also fairly fun um but like my big takeaway from it or the big thing that i really enjoy about it is they have a leveling and gear system right now i'm sitting at like a key level 74 i want to say um, which means Look at that Tim's I'm... little smile when he's like when he heard key level, he's like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what the fuck this <laughs> like, means. Oh, let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the key level is basically the equivalent of a power level in Destiny. It's basically the level that is accumulated based off of my gear score. Um, and so like you have different gear. You can have a sword and charms and all this stuff, and they all have levels associated with them. Um, that then contributes to your key level. Your key level then determines what difficulty you want to play on. There's gold, silver, bronze, all that stuff. Um and yeah, like, like I said, like the the thing the thing that I'm enjoying the most about it is the gear system. To where now I'm playing as a hunter. There's four different classes. Uh, I'm playing the hunter, which is ba- mainly based on the bow and arrow abilities. Uh, and so yeah, right now I have a what uh, not a legendary, but an epic longbow that basically does like a certain amount of damage, ha- reduces some of my cooldown of some of my abilities, uh, uh, pierces through shields. 
uh, has that stuff associated with it. But then I also have a uh, um, a what you call it a katana. I can't think of what. I guess it's just an epic katana. I can't remember if the katanas have. Oh no, the the katanas that are are associated with like the stances. And so I have a wind katana, uh, which helps me fight a, a, against certain enemies, but then also has certain qualities attached to it. Um, and that goes into like the the ghost weapons and the charms and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'm blown away by it. I'm enjoying it. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm playing it the way that Greg is playing Avengers, right? Like it is right right now. It is my uh, games of service. Although I. So like today, this morning, I actually did an interview with uh, some folks from Sucker Punch, uh, uh, which is going to go live in the next episode of PS I Love You XOXO, as long as everything goes right. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I asked, them, I asked them a couple of questions about like, you know, how long are you supporting this? Like, what, what, what does this game look like after the raid comes out? And it seems like the way they're, they're framing it is the raid is basically... the. As of now, the raid seems like it's going to be the climax of what Ghost of Shima Legends is. That seems like it's going to wrap things up in terms of uh, like the end of the content. Fingers crossed for, uh, for myself. I hope that Legends become so successful that they're encouraged to make more content for it because I want more content for it. Um, but that said, right, like it feels like I'm playing, like playing some, kind of a games of service-like experience that surprisingly works really well for a Ghost of Shima. I so, kind of want them to like go back to infamous and do the same thing but with like different powers and i realized while saying that that's just avengers but i want it to be good <laughs> so bless like you kind of answered my question here but why doesn't this game cost money that's a very good question i have no idea because i think they could have charged for it i think the idea is one you have to have it is based off of the bones of ghost of shima and so I bet the easiest way for them to package the game is just to have it as an update to the core game because it has the same core mechanics. It has the same assets. It has the same everything. It just functions as a different mode uh, with its own progression and, and all that stuff. I think they could have, and, and this is me speaking as somebody who's not a developer or a programmer and knows that this stuff is very difficult. They wanted to pull this off. I think if they wanted to, they probably could have charged money for it or they could have put it out as free to play with microtransactions, but that probably would have spun out a whole like a, a bigger conversation that they're probably like, no, let's just not like get it. Let's not, let's not get messy with it. Let's just package this, package this the way that we want to package this. In the interview, they mentioned that um, they, they've had this idea since the inception of Ghost of Shima. Like this isn't just a thing that they thought about recently or like a post launch idea that they implemented. Like this is a thing that from the ground up uh, was coming up alongside Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, and I guess the way they just wanted to package the game was, hey, let's just sell it as the single player thing. And then once we finish the multiplayer, we'll add it in, um, which is why it's coming out in this way. Um, but yeah, no, I, it, them putting out them putting this out as a DLC update as opposed as a free DLC update as opposed to a paid thing. I think it's just a um, a very consumer friendly move uh, in terms of, hey, let's let's just, you know, give it to them free. I think there's a couple of reasons, right? Like, I think, the, I mean, one of the big ones is, of course, is that it's October and we're talking about a game that came out in July. Mm -hmm. Like, think about how many times we talk about a game for a little bit and it flares out and you don't talk about it again. Even something, and I know it's still popular, don't get me wrong, but Fall Guys had this huge moment, right? And then waned. It's still very popular. I'm not saying taking it away, but it's not like we talk about it all the time. I think how much can you add to a story? And as you get to, hey, we're about to launch the PlayStation 5 and it's backwards compatible, compatible. And Ghost of Tsushima is not in that PlayStation Plus collection, right? There's going to be people jumping into PS5 for the first time and thinking about the experiences they missed on PlayStation 4 and what they'd want to spend it on. And I think 
uh, Ghost having not even more content, but more juice around it puts it at the front of the pile of what you're thinking about and what you'd want to maybe play, let alone the holidays. They reinvigorate sales leading into that. Um, and, and for me, I think it's patch. Like, unlike a lot of yeah. other games, is like, oh, this will just run 60 FPS on a PS5. And I think, you know, too, there's the expectations, right? Where I think if they were to put a dollar value on this, they would have an incredibly low level of players who would go and buy it. Yeah. It would be something that's very uh, passionate, small audience. And even now, I would I would venture to guess the audience has waned since Friday, even in terms of people who are on every night, ready to go, ready to play. But there's way more people in that player pool right now than if it was behind a paywall, if it was a gated transaction, if it was something that you look at and you go, even as much as Blessing's enjoying it right now, and I'm not trying to take away from it at all. Like, right, it's nine missions that you're playing over and over again, three times over, mm -hmm. right, to get the gear, to get your key up, to get ready for the raid whenever that drops. I think if you were to put 20, 25 bucks on that, you'd be like, all right, well, it's nine missions. Yeah, you replay them over and over again, but you know, man, it's, whereas now it's like, ah, it's free and it's fun and the leveling makes sense and it's cool to work together and I, it's getting you excited for the raid whenever that's going to drop. Like, I think look at look at Avengers, right, where it is a game that, uh, granted, sixty dollars take out even the price tag out of it, but just the fact that it has a price tag on it, and think about the fact that the audience that got to the end of that so quickly and was like what the fuck am i doing now why am i, I there's no end game there's nothing for me to do at 150 this sucks when's it coming ah for this then for ghost which is the one you can again go through pretty quickly and level up but you know the raid's coming and you know you didn't pay for it so whatever like it'll be here when it's here and you'll be excited and you'll play it i know bless you were hypothesizing it's coming pretty quick yeah no i assume that it's like maybe what when did this come out what last friday i assume it's probably gonna be out within like a week or so like it it seems like it it the the way in which the progression uh like the flow of the progression in the game seems fairly quick if you're playing it non-stop like i am uh like i'm already i'm level 75 the the nightmare challenges in the game that are available which are like these super difficult missions uh those you have to be level 90 to hit and so i imagine the raid is probably like level 90 level 100 around that area sure, and that sure, only sure. takes like a week probably worth of playing to get to you so i imagine the way they see it they're like okay yeah let, let's let's let people play for one or two weeks and after those first couple weeks we'll put this out for them and so i expect it to be imminent and again you figure you get it out before next gen so everybody can play it if they want to play it and then again if you're late adopter and you're getting playstation 5 and you're getting this better version it'll be complete that you could go through and do more with it I'm just so impressed. I think it's such oh, a, a great thing, and I think I hope that it's a sign of the future. Like uh, a couple of weeks back on Game Sailing, Gary and I were talking about value and the value of Game Pass versus the value of PlayStation games, and it's like the, to me, if this, if we're going to get a lot of this, that's going to be an insane amount of value when we're getting super high quality games with free built in stuff to give it legs to have those moments to come back to. Like apply this to god of war apply this to horizon right like that could be so interesting to see if sony actually continues down this this path do you think that it has to do with sony or do you think that that is purely a sucker punch thing like them including this mode in it mm -hmm. i think i think it's a sucker punch thing i and i, and I think honestly i think it, it differs from game to game in terms of like what makes this kind of thing appropriate so ghost shima i think you know is a great game for it because I don't really take Ghost of Tsushima that seriously in terms of what it is as a like it, as a as a story and a product. Like Ghost of Tsushima, I'm coming to you for 
fun open world gameplay and a cool story that's interesting and you know the art style and all that stuff that's beautiful but i don't necessarily look at it as in the same way that i look at like a god of war to where i feel like if they added in a multiplayer multiplayer component to god of war which i guess they've done in the past but god of war as we know it now uh, with god of war 2018 i feel like that'd be more of an odd fit or like even if they did the same with i know last was had factions and i absolutely love factions and me and sancho west recently were gushing all about factions and wondering when when is naughty dog's next thing you know i feel like there are certain ways to implement those modes that are probably that are probably going to fit into certain games better than others so in a weird sure. way i understand why in last is part two that doesn't have factions because last is part two proper it has such a serious and gritty and dark story that maybe adding in a multiplayer mode takes away from that a, a little bit in the way that okay. maybe you want to you put that out as its own thing okay going to right like it's separate yeah. but it's like it's still happening yes yeah and, that, and that's what i mean like maybe like putting it out separate probably adds, okay. probably makes it more appropriate as opposed to oh, trying to package it in uh in that way what, um, what do you think factions looks like in terms of price oh that's a good question i have no do you idea think it's a standalone release or do you think it's uh if you have last of us 2 you get factions i think both like if you don't have last of us 2 this costs 15 bucks if you do then it's free when do you guys I expect see to see that? It's hard to hold my breath. Like, at this point, everything like everything past the next two months is just a big question mark because like everything is past then. So, uh, I would I would bet like April or May next year. Do you think we see it at Game Awards? Mm. Would that would be the kind of deal Jeff Keighley would like to sign? I'm sure. So yes, but at some point, I don't. I don't know what Sony's like live, like long-term uh, vision for shows is anymore. Because this year was supposed to be like, hey, we're dropping out of E3, we're dropping out of a lot of this stuff. We're just gonna like do our own shows. There's gonna be more Sony stuff than ever. But then COVID happened, and then I was like, okay, never mind. We're not doing any of that. We'll just do a couple of the plays every so often. Mm -hmm. So I, depending, like Greg was saying, it's unrealistic to expect all that stuff from the Game Awards, and that is. But I also think it's a little unrealistic because I don't know if they if they view Game Awards as one of their places where they're going to show all this stuff off, or they still think they're doing most of this internally anyway. So, Greg, Greg, you said uh, you wouldn't hold your breath to what? Ever seeing factions? Like, I don't get me wrong. I say I, if I was doing percentages, you know, like whoa, it's gonna be fifty. It's way more positive that it's going to happen. Like, right? Like, I think. Neil tweeted about it on Last of Us Day in September, right? Being like, and the other thing, dot, 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 keep waiting or patience. It'll be worth the wait or whatever. And I'm not saying Neil's a liar or whatever. I think they're working on it. But I mean, it's always that weird thing that I could totally see one day Naughty Dogs being like, it isn't worth it. This isn't coming together the way we want it. This isn't as fun as we want it to be. And we don't want to put out a game that's not going to be a nine. That's so like, we're going to walk away. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't totally think Game Awards would make sense. I think it would make sense for factions specifically more than a lot of the things we're talking about if if playstation's looking to keep uh their state of plays going and they want to keep owning everything internally and blog posts and really you look at what you could give jeff in the game awards right like factions is that not i'm not saying it's not a big deal but it's not a triple a it's not god of war right it's not this teaser for that it could make sense to do factions there and have something for it but 
the longer it takes and the it just it's such a weird thing of yeah what is that going to be i don't i think they will end up selling it on their own i think they'll do i think they're lost legacy it of like listen we've put so much time into this and so much we think it's a full-blown uh, multiplayer experience and you should get it and it's cross-platform and it's you know all set for playstation 5 and playstation 4 to play together cross-generation um yeah i don't know it's it, it's such a weird thing and how do you do it and then how big was factions factions has a very loud passionate audience but i'm not sure how large the audience is mm. i played factions twice totally understood what it was wasn't what i wanted to do and moved on and i know i'm not alone but i also know there's people like sancho and blessing out there that are like all about it i loved it and think, and think it was like the best multiplayer of all time did it uncharted That's 4 have well multiplayer no they didn't they did away with multiplayer mode didn't they for that they didn't or uncharted did they? Four. no no they never did because I, I at least try them out yeah, I never played yeah. it. That doesn't have it. But yeah, I never. I never <laughs> oh, there was a survival arena. What are we doing here? Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. I yeah. fucking do not remember because again, I never. Oh, I think I remember doing a survival thing in in Lost Legacy. Yeah, there because was a survival arena here. Expe expect the teamwork and over-the-top action adventure and detail-rich gameplay environments you've come to expect from the Uncharted series. Uncharted 4 multiplayer introduces a number of new systems to elevate gameplay, including sidekicks, mysticals, a grappling hook, and a deeper weapon list than previous multiplayer modes. I remember this, and I, I remember looking at it going, oh, okay, and never fucking playing it. Sorry. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I... I oh, shit, I maybe I had to play for a second. I remember this Nadine screenshot they got, I kind of remember. <laughs> I really hope they do it. I, I, I see... I, I do if they do it, I do see it being like a branded putting putting it out as a separate thing, last was factions type deal. I don't know how much you charge for that. I feel like you don't charge full price for it. Um no, 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 you don't do sixty. Yeah, or seventy, I guess in in, in this True. new case. Good call. Good call. Um but yeah, like I don't know when. Cause I think that comes that it comes down to whenever they're ready or what the next thing they're working on is. Like I they're, the next thing Naughty Dog is doing isn't Uncharted. Like we can agree on that, right? We don't think they're working on a, a new Uncharted next. Yeah. Which means that, like, yeah. right now they must be in the, working on a new IP. They must be like trying to figure out what that looks like. And I wonder for them if they're like uh, on the way of putting out Last of Us Part Two. If they're like, all right, we got to have something to tie it, like tie this up, right? So we can be done with the Last of Part Two era. And I feel like either a factions or a Lost Legacy type thing is probably what does that. But I don't think they're. I think. For Last of Us Part Two, a Lost Legacy makes a lot less sense than a Factions. Here's what I'm saying: cancel all these multiplayer things, like the Uncharted multiplayer, Lost of Us multiplayer. Make a new PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. So I want like I want them to make a character that is Ellie and Abby as one character that are just constantly trying to hit each other, but that hits the opponent instead. That's smart. Yeah, like smart. Ice Climbers, but against each other. Sure. Damn. Fair. Yeah. Damn. Damn. You heard it here first, Emmett playstation all-stars battle royale ladies and gentlemen this has been kind of funny games cast uh if you're a patreon.com slash kind of funny games supporter at the silver or above level you're about to get the exclusive post show where we're playing a game show called am right or am wrong oh. <laughs> i fucking knew you'd nail it <laughs> until next time i love you bye <laughs>